coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. If you talked to me last summer and said, well, next summer you're going to be making sausages for David Benstock at Overturn, I'm like, yeah, okay, smoke <laughs> another one there, <laughs> Pappy. You know, and I'm just like, this is the coolest thing in the world. Well, I grew my beard down to my shoulders. <laughs> I had hair that looked like, you know, I looked like um, Tom Hanks in, in, um, in Castaway. Castaway. Yeah. Like <laughs> my brother would have kept going, Wilson, Wilson, you know, because I looked like, I looked terrible, you know, and I didn't shave for seven months and it was just awful. We just got a bandsaw. So, Ooh. you know, I still have all 10 right here. <laughs> and. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to. But you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Matt Bonanno. Matt is the head butcher at St. Pete Meat and Provisions. After Matt, we are going to make what he recommends from the butcher shop. We have a great show, so stick around. Where can you find the freshest fish in St. Pete? Well, you can't get fresher than caught that day. That's what you'll find at Trophy Fish. The day boat special includes the fresh catch of the day, cooked how you want it, with your choice of two sides and a house-made sauce. They also have some incredible appetizers, like grilled street corn that's like crack, that stuff's so good, incredible grilled oysters, fresh fish spread, and much more. You will also find some options for the land lovers out there. All of this set in a setting that makes you feel serene and relaxed with your toes in the sand like a day at the beach. They like to call their concept Bait Shop Chic. So head on down to Trophy Fish where you can grab a boat drink from their full bar and fill your tummy with the freshest catch around. Trophy Fish is located at 2060 Central Avenue in the Grand Central District They are open Wednesday through Friday at 5 p.m., Saturday and Sunday at 12 to 3 for brunch, and at 5 for dinner. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine No. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete, They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine No. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. 
Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Ramen is the ultimate comfort food, and Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth, and the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms for vegetarians, it'll have you saying, ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booyah? Our guest today has been a staple in the downtown St. Pete food scene for about eight or nine years, and he went from cheesemonger to butcher. From St. Pete Meat and Provisions, please welcome Matt Bonanno. Welcome, Matt. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Nice to be back. And, and last time on, I listened to the uh, first episode, you were, you were on previously uh, back in November 2019 on episode 64, and when I said your last name back then, Lori asked if I pronounced it correctly. Bonanno. And, yeah, Bonanno. And the reason I know how to pronounce it is because the, the Bonanno crime family, and I said that you were, you were part of the cheese crime family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. The cheese so, racketeers. Yeah, so before St. Pete Meat, you were the cheesemonger. You owned a Brooklyn South, and that's kind of like a sommelier of cheese. Yeah, cheesemonger from Marget. Yeah. So now you're a sommelier of meat. Hmm. Trying of. to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a lot to learn still, but um, I'm, I'm grateful for all the experience I've had in the past 27 or so years that I've been in the business, that I know the cuts of meat, I know what they look like, I know how to cook them, but now it's time to actually break them down. Mm-hmm. and learn a yeah. new skill, you know, and I'm just, it's just great. I, I'm, I'm really grateful for David over at Il Bertorno to help me reinvent myself again. Cool. You know, I think it's important for everybody to go through these these changes every couple of years or mm-hmm. maybe every decade or two to mm-hmm. change yourself. Yeah, I think that's really cool. So so breaking down uh, the animals, is that that's new to you since you've been at St. Pete Meat? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I've had, you know, whole... Primals come in, whole loins come in at other places like that, but never like whole bone and shoulders of, of lamb and a whole side cool. of a hog comes in. And we're going to be working with some ranchers down in South Florida for getting whole cows in. And Yeah, we heard that. They're going to teach us how to break <laughs> them down. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's yeah. really, really cool. It was great because, you know, as soon as I started talking to David about this, this position, I went out and bought a bunch of butcher books and cool. things like that. And it's funny because he bought the same one. I did at first, so we're kind of on the same page there, and just you know, no pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> and we just every night I just read something, or you know, there's so much information out on the internet mm-hmm. as far as butchery goes, and uh, cool. I just think it's so great. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about real butchery and haven't really done it, but I've been trying to learn about the different cuts and the the primal cuts and. Mm-hmm what comes from them and things and that's where, the where, puzzle. They, where they are mm-hmm. on the animal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, that's so, the puzzle. Cause you know, you have all these cuts that you go and you see in a grocery store all laid out for you, beautifully laid out for you. 
And you're like, well, where the hell does that come from? You know, right. it's like, it, you and ju- sometimes they have different names. Like they go, oh, I yeah. discovered this in many different, mm-hmm. different cities, yeah. different parts of the country, yeah, different yeah. countries, you know, or even a different animal, you know, every animal, they're all mammals. So, you know, we're all mammals. We all have the same organs and bones and, mm-hmm. you know, kind right. of the same bone structure. But when you break some things open, even different animals that are called different things, you're like, oh, I didn't know I had so many of these in the cooler, but you ask for a different name. <laughs> you know, I'm learning all these new names. It's really great. It's awesome. The thing I like the most, I think, is the tradition of it. Um, being a cheesemonger for 20, so, 20 or so years was great because you learn the lay of the land, you learn the, the breeds of the animal and the grasses and the food that they eat. And the, the seasons change the flavor of the cheese and the flavor of the milk mm-hmm. has changed and raw milk, pasteurized milk. Everything can change in a minute. And then you can have another cheesemaker down the road at another farm make the same cheese completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a different application and maybe they pasteurize it or maybe they don't pasteurize it. And maybe it's just it's going to taste it's more acidic or it's not as acidic because of the grasses they eat and right. the water, the clean water. But in the butchery, some of the, the greatest things, you know, and I'm very passionate about everything I do. And sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's a blessing. Sometimes it's a curse. <laughs> but in butchery, the cool thing is I know when I get these pigs in here and I, we cut open the pig and we, we go for the loin or we go for the belly, that pig has looked the same for the last 20,000 years. And people who have, you know, people, I don't know, it's like caveman, you know, it's like for 10,000, 20,000 years, 500 years ago, it's been the same pig. The animal has looked the same for all this time. And it's, it's an art form and they've been doing it. It's been worked on and worked on and worked on. And now all of a sudden, you know, in the past hundred years, you go into a grocery store and you can get a pork chop and Mm -hmm. you have to realize how much work and research and trial and error has gone into that. To perfecting that. Exactly. It's, it's cultural, Uh you know, it's like, wow. It's like, you know, and I feel like I'm part of that whole chain now. It's like, you know, people have been domesticating livestock for, what, 25,000 years. It's the beginning of civilization. And, you know, I mean, I still love my cheeses, but it's, you know, like like I said, a cheese can be different from one cheesemaker right. or one farmer to the next. A pig right. is a pig. A right. lamb is a lamb. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's an art form how to break these things down into the tiniest little steaks. And when, when you say that, we're just talking about the, the breakdown pot process, the butchery process, because obviously what they're fed and where and how they're treated does make the meat different. It's a huge difference. Yeah, and we oh, can yeah. talk about that more in the second half. Yeah. But I'm interested to hear, too, about uh, your exit from Brooklyn South, how, how that took place, what, what was behind the decision um, there. It's, I was there, and it was about six years, and kind of had enough. Right. Uh, you know, it was a small place. Um, I enjoyed pretty much most of it. You know, mm-hmm. I can't say I enjoyed all of it. I don't think anybody ever enjoys all of it. It Correct. was a lot of fun. I, I got to do what I wanted to do. I got a lot of great reviews. I got a, like, made a let up, uh, excuse me. I made a lot of great friends, made a lot of good food. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a lot of work. There wasn't that much money. It was a very small business. It was a very small space. It was like 465 square feet. And wow. that was it, you know, right, and it was right. tiny. Um, that was great, but I was just so happy about all the customers that came in, like regular customers, uh, all the people I used to work for many years ago, used to, you know, I used to watch them and how appreciative they were to the customers that came in and how they treated them. And I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, there's guys only spending eight bucks or whatever. And then it was my business. And then I started realizing, I mean, these guys, 
standing in line, you know, spending half the time on their lunch break just to get to my restaurant and then spending another 15 minutes racing back to their office with my food. You know, it's like that made me feel good. You know, mm-hmm. then I really appreciated everybody that walked in that door. There was some little sour parts. I wish the cheese would have taken off a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, you know, I really, <laughs> I used all my cheese experience and knowledge and I was part of the American Cheese Society and I tried to bring all that into the case, but it wasn't as, it didn't bring as much interest as I thought. I mean, I'm just a cheese nerd. You know what right. I mean? Right, right, right. For me, I can't understand why nobody feels the way I do. It's like, really? It's like, this is the greatest cheese in the world. They're like, well, it's still a piece of cheese. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I get it. So, you know, we started making more food, mm-hmm. better food and smaller batches of food of different things. And it was great. But at the time, you know, I was getting tired. I was getting a little burnt out from that thing. I was kind of looking forward to the next step. I always like looking for the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to expand the shop, but then certain things happen. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just find something else to do. You know, there's a lot more. I have a lot more time on this earth, I hope. I have a lot more experience to do other things. And um, I started looking around and I found somebody to help me sell it in November. And it took all winter long. And I didn't think it was going to happen. I was getting a little nervous. I'm like, well, we got to get this thing on the road. I'm going to find some things to do. And I found this, this great family, this great Cuban family that's been here for like 20 years and super honest, super hardworking folks. They've never been in the food business. And I'm like, why the hell do you want to do this now? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's like, you're you're middle aged. You're married, and you know you got your whole lives. It's like why would you want to get into business now? But they did, and they were incredibly genuine about everything. You know they were honest. They they kept me around for a little bit mm-hmm. after I sold it, and I was so happy that I sold this business. I was like, oh my god, I actually got out mm-hmm. with a couple bucks in my pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, without the world falling in on top of me. And Wait, so they, what year was that? Uh, it was February of last year. 2020 it was two weeks before covid wow. yeah so uh good the, timing the deal was so there was they call it two weeks of uncompensated consultation so after the sale i have to stay on by contract for two weeks without getting paid to show them how we do everything which was fine right you know but i did, wanted didn't my, your manager stay there as well yeah charlie charlie oh. Mackey is still there okay he's still running the front yeah, yeah, i saw him a few weeks ago we stopped in for saying oh you did oh great yeah great that's good at go. first at first he didn't remember me and then he figured it out <laughs> but i actually want to go back a little bit just a couple of things on the last time you were here mm-hmm. as i said it was november 2019 and our listeners should make a note it's episode number 64 or just google matt bonanno interview and you'll find it because it's really cool. We had a lot of really cool cheese conversation in there. And I just want to mention a couple of things. I did buy the book that you recommended, The Cheese Primer by Stephen Jenkins. Best. I think I bought it for you. Oh, did you get it? Yeah. <laughs> On that episode, I said, hint, holiday, yeah. gift giving. Yeah, because oh, November right. was perfect. Because right. his birthday's in December as well as Oh, Christmas. there you go. Yeah, and some of the things I learned from that book. So I'm, I'm only like maybe a fourth of the way through. Some stuff I learned is that we miss out on some of the best cheese from France because we don't allow non-pasteurized cheese to be imported. Well, that's not entirely true. The book is from 1995. Uh, you can have raw milk cheeses enter the com- uh, country, but it has to be aged at least 60 days right. in its country of origin before it gets before you can sell it. That's also American farmstead cheeses. You can make a raw milk cheese anywhere in the country. You just still can't sell right. it. Right. You know, he, he did old. he did say that in the book. But I guess he was trying to say that, like, no, you have to eat it before 60 days. It's yes, better. <laughs> yes, yeah. Actually, there's some cheeses out there that are 
they come right out of the aging room at, at 12 days or 15 days, and it's just Fantastic. the most amazing thing you'll ever yeah. have. Nice. But there, in the past 10 years, there has been a, a stop on some French cheeses that mm. are raw, and it's kind of arbitrary. You know, it's like it's just, just picking out of a hat because there's so many cheeses that can come in. But like Morbier has been banned. Uh, Reblochon, which is my one of my all-time favorites, is the raw milk cheese yeah. from Savoie, which makes us want it more. Right. Of yeah. Course. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's like, come on, just, give me a break. Just like Cuban <laughs> cigars. <laughs> so, also learned that cheese should be taken out of the refrigerator for an hour before you're going to eat it, and just the portion that you're going to use, mm-hmm. and that good cheese requires good bread. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, bread is a great vessel for cheese. I mean, I like eating cheese just you know with a side of finger. You know, just, <laughs> just pick it up and eat it. You <laughs> know, too. you don't really need all these accoutrements, but a good bread really helps, like, the crustiness of the bread really counteract, counteracts with the creaminess of the mm-hmm. cheese. It's and like you, pairing wine and cheese and mm-hmm. beer and cheese and all the other pairings that there are in the food world. And you guys uh, over at St. Pete Meat uh, also have cheese and charcuterie and recently posted that you have some locally fresh-baked bread as well now. Actually, uh, the bread is pretty cool, man. It's a, It's a... Retail product is a baguette that's cryovacked and shipped in a in a box. You know, it's a it's a company. It's a small company, and you know, you look at it, you're like, all right, bread in a box. All right. <laughs> but it's really good. Like the owners have had the customers. Is it pre baked or do you bake it's it? It's pre baked. Okay. It's par baked, but then you have to put it in the oven. Uh-huh. Uh It's it's not a full baguette. It's probably a foot long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of small. That's perfect for me. But it's a perfect <laughs> amount. Exactly. You know, you don't need all this bread. I mean, I do. I love bread. <laughs> you know, all, these, all the conversation talk about the gluten and the bread and everything yeah, like yeah. that. I always feel better after I eat bread. Right. <laughs> you know? Totally. You, know, you just got to eat the right bread. You know, just like everything else in the world, you got to have the right product, a, a smaller batch made or, or more natural made or something with less sugar that, you know, because the sugar really messes up your body when it's something you don't think, like when you buy a piece of cake, you expect a lot of sugar. Right. When you buy a loaf of bread, you shouldn't expect too much sugar. There's right. going to be right. a little in there for the yeast to, to interact, but you right. know, you got to get the right stuff just like everything else. Yeah. So from the last time I did get the book, and where I screwed up is I didn't get the cheese. We talked about the Rogue River Blue Cheese. It won World's Best Cheese for 2019 and 2020, and it's sold out, and you have to put your name on a list. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's the greatest blue cheese in the world. It's actually the... It was the actual first American cheese to win world's be- first in an import because it's, mm-hmm. I should say export because it was not in this country. It was the first blue cheese to be exported out of the United States to win this award. Oh, that's right. And cool. it's a great company. And uh, Dave Gremmels is the owner. I've known him for years. He's a great guy. Travels all the world around the world, you know, promoting his really great, great cheese. It's sycamore leaves that's been macerated in pear brandy. And they have a big trip. Where everybody shows up, you know, a lot of friends show up at a certain time of the year, and they go out and they pick these leaves, and then they, they macerate, they soak these leaves in brandy, and they wrap the cheese. I mean, it's a long, drawn-out process, but it's just so worth it. Yeah, it's it's pricey, you know, just like everything else we're talking about. You you get what you pay for, right? But I just, you know, we have one of their cheeses. It's called Oregon Blue right now. Oh, cool. Um, they make they're the best blue cheese makers in the country by far. As Rogue Cheese yeah. Company, and they make about. The last time I checked, I think it was seven different blue cheeses, and um, and they are all different, and they all have their own characters, and it's just, they're great cheeses. Well, you'll have to try that, yeah. honey. 
have to try one of the other ones then. Yeah, yeah. As but, far as, uh, just real quick, you're saying that the charcuterie. So, we're, yeah, we have two kinds of salami, and we have a little pate that we sell from Three Little Pigs, which is great quality, really good stuff. But since we've been here for about two months now, excuse me, uh, my role is more of like, you know, I don't want to say chef, because if I work with David uh, Benstock from Elbertorno, you know, that is the only chef yeah, in the yeah, house. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like, he is, like, top of the line. Uh, you know, seriously, like, this top three restaurants of all Absolutely. of Tampa Bay. Of all of Tampa all Bay. Of Tam- I would say all of Florida, but that's Absolutely, just me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm very biased. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, you know, it's like you said about, you know, asking about my transition, and it's just, I remember thinking to myself, well, this business, Brooklyn South, is kind of like a physical resume for myself. Like, I've met so many cool people and so many chefs and so many restaurant owners and food professionals who I'm like, clearly somebody's got to recognize, you know, I opened up a cheese shop in Florida and lasted for six years. That's not easy. Yeah. Right. You know what right. I mean? And, you know, I went all year for COVID and just hanging out the house and having beers with my dogs and, you know, going on, <laughs> you know, kayaking and just doing some great stuff. And then all of a sudden this thing falls in my lap and I'm like, oh my God, you know, it's like, what luck? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, you got to jump on it. So. So you were talking about the charcuterie. So we're going to start, I'm going to start making a lot of my own. Like yeah. I, I make all my own sausages. Mm-hmm. We're up to about, about six different sausages right now. Which is, I got to be honest, it's this fun. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun to make sausages. I never thought, if you talked to me last summer and said, well, next summer you're going to be making sausages for David Benstock at, with Overturn. I'm like, yeah, okay. Smoke <laughs> another one there, <laughs> Pappy. You know, and I'm just like, this is the coolest thing in the world. And I'm getting, you know, like there's people, when we talked about that, you know, I told him there's guys out there with 35 years experience. There's shop stewards and union butchers, and there's people that's been doing this forever their whole lives. I'm not that guy. You know, I know a little bit about it, but I'm going to learn. And it's just, you know, we're both learning. You know, we have a new guy that's helping us out with that. But we're going to make, uh, making all the sausages. I'm going to start making like real pate, like mm-hmm. pate de campagna and a lot of French style pate. Terrines, I make chicken liver pate. I'm going nice. to do um, pork trotters, like the feet. Mm-hmm. There's a there's an old old French recipe for a terrine of the trotters. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gather every time nice. we get these these whole pigs in, we cut off the leg the feet, which and we cut the feet off, <laughs> and we freeze them. And then when I I'm gonna get a good maybe a dozen maybe maybe fifteen sixteen of them. Then I want to make this really great classic dish a French dish. So I mean we have so many ideas. And there's just no reason why we can't do all this stuff. Oh, yeah, you know that's I mean? awesome. You know, yeah. It's very cool. And we do the dry age as well. Like if, if you're yeah. familiar with Over Torno, right. they serve the dry age steaks. Mm-hmm. So we sell them at the shop now. And that's kind of my responsibility. And we, I just put another one in there yesterday. So we're going to you know, come back in 60 days and we'll have that. We do all kinds of, right now it's just uh, ribs, rib, oh, I'm sorry, ribeyes, mm-hmm. bone-in mm-hmm. ribeyes. And they just look so cool. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. We, we love ribeyes. We do. So I just had, I have a follow-up on just a couple more things from last time you were here. Uh, are you still living in Gulfport? Yes, I am. And are you still in a band with the mayor of Gulfport? Uh, yeah, we did. So we just had our last practice around Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly 365 days since our last practice, last oh, wow. Memorial Day. <laughs> uh, we had all these gigs lined up and it just didn't happen. Of you know, course. Of course, because of COVID. And now things are opening up. Unfortunately... Uh, our friend and another guitar player, one of our guitar, excuse me, guitar players, Mike, is actually moving away. He's moving out of the country, so we have to look for another guitar player. And bass player goes to his hometown of Syracuse, New York, for the summer. So we will be starting up again in the fall. Everybody is on board. Everybody's excited. Like I said, we just had a, a practice about two and a half weeks ago, 
and it was a lot of fun. Uh, we were terrible. Nobody, re- <laughs> <laughs> nobody remembered anything. We all looked at each other. We were like, what? So we had, I had to go, uh, we practiced at my house because we can practice be- underneath my carport and I have my little drum. I have a little music room mm-hmm. where I have my guitars and amps and my drums in there and I keep all of our set lists in there from previous gigs. And we're all looking at each other like, what the heck are we doing? So I had to <laughs> mm-hmm. grab all these set lists and we're like, oh my God, that song. Oh yeah, I can't remember, yeah. I remember that now. It's just so funny. It's like we practice once, maybe twice a week, and we have these gigs every weekend, and we're playing, and we're very dedicated. But you take us out of the g- yeah. game for yeah, like six yeah. or seven months, we forget everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's not like riding a bike. No, it's not. No, not at all. Been exactly. there, done that. Yeah. It's, and, you know, and like I don't practice as much as I play a little guitar at home. Yeah, I'm not a guitar player. Just you know, I like to play. But you know, in Florida, it's really hot, and I have this little tiny shed. And you know, you play drums in the summertime of Florida. You're just like, all right, I'm mm-hmm. done. Eight minutes, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. I've been moving in all this mess. Oh, God, it's, <laughs> it's awful. not fun. Awful. So, tell us what inspired you to be a chef. And I have a hint if you need it. Oh, is this going backwards? Well, a little bit had to do with spite, if that's <laughs> what you're thinking of. It is. <laughs> uh, my next girl, my girlfriend at the time, her family, uh, her mother exactly. Was a great cook. I mean, she really was. She was making us Peking duck and all these things. And oh wow! You know, this is I was in my early twenties, and you know, and I come from this big Italian family, and we all cook, and it's all great stuff, and everything cooks fresh, and you know, and she always, I know, she had a little bit of an attitude all the time with her food, you know, and how great of a cook she was, and everything like that. I'm like, yeah, you're good, but you know, you're still no offense, but you're a housewife. You know, know, it's like you're not in the business, you know what I mean? You make great food, and I never had Peking duck before or anything like that. And then, um, you know, the relationship kind of fizzled out, and I was kind of angry at the mother for something. I'm just like, all right, you think you can cook? I'm going to go to culinary school, and I'm going to be a chef. That's hysterical. And here we are, and here we are, like 27 years later, and I'm still doing it, you know? I'm like, and of course, I've seen the girl since then a few times and I mean everything is fine we're all adults now but at the time I was just like man you know it's like I can do this too. I can show but you I'll be, I will show best, you <laughs> best chef inspiration story ever yeah it's awesome. <laughs> all about spite yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll come back with some uh, more juicy details on St. Pete Meat and Provisions we'll be right back barbecue it's what's on the menu Here in St. Pete, we have a special place that's unlike any other barbecue joint. Dr. Barbecue is a restaurant for foodies. Dr. Barbecue is also the dude that's a barbecue hall of famer that won over 400 competitions. We'd say he knows a thing or two about barbecue, but let's hear from the man himself. Hey, it's Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. A couple of years ago, after almost 40 years of cooking barbecue, I decided to open a restaurant and St. Petersburg was the perfect spot. I'd been living here for 10 years, so why not? At Dr. Barbecue's, we cook all our meats the old school way in our huge smokers over oak wood, low and slow. Even the most critical experts agree that we've got the best barbecue in town. But it's not just about the meats. We've got great house-made sides, handcrafted sandwiches, and even a healthy selection of vegan and vegetarian options. Add in a really fun brunch, two bars, and a friendly staff, and I think you'll be glad you joined us. We're at 1101 First Avenue South in the Edge District, right by the roundabout. Get yourself to Dr. Barbecue, pronto. 
As a St. Pete Foodies listener, you should also check out the Zest podcast from WUSF Public Media. You know, the Tampa NPR folks. Every Thursday, host Dahlia Colon shares everything from food history to the best restaurants you haven't tried. There's recipes you'll want to try and a different slice of our state's foodie scene. The key lime actually is native to Southeast Asia. The English sailors were called limeys when they found out that they put it in their barrels of water to get rid of that brackish, well-watered taste. They uh, didn't get scurvy anymore, so they wanted them in all their ports in the tropics, so they took the seeds and planted them. So that's how we ended up with key limes down here. We invite you to listen to The Zest on your favorite podcast app or at thezestpodcast.com. Tell Tell them St. Pete Foodie sent you. We are back! We are back! We are back with Matt Bonanno from St. Pete Meat and Provisions. You are one of two two butchers there, uh, aside from Chef David as well, Mm -hmm. from Il Retorno and also uh, one of the owners. So you sold Brooklyn South kind of hung out during COVID, and then you just before said this kind of fell into your lap. So did they think of you and contact you for this role? Well, it's funny. So at Brooklyn South, I had a marketing company called Hype Group. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same. Brooke? Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I've known Brooke for a few years now, and she's great. We get along really, really well, and we worked really well. She did just an incredible job rebranding my shop, and it just Opened everybody's eyes to me. So Brooke, Brooke is the one who told us about you, if I recall. Oh, really? Yeah, we went and had that meeting with her at Hype Group, oh. and she told us to go to Brooklyn South, and we went to Brooklyn South that day. Oh, great! And had lunch. That's oh, the first right. time we met you. Yes, right. I remember the very that first day. time we I met remember you. That day. Yeah. I had peppers. I was cooking, and I showed you took a picture of the roasted peppers. And <laughs> Lori left her iPad there, and you didn't awesome. have her number, but you had my number. And I, you were calling me, and yeah. I do remember yeah. that you yeah. came to pick it up. That's and right. that was after we had a meeting with Brooke. So I, after I was getting out of Brooklyn South, I kind of had – it was great because there was – remember, it was February 20th. It was I remember the day. There wasn't really any kind of COVID worry. There was, you know, was the last thing on my mind. Right. And I had two jobs, like, ready to go. And I was psyched because it was something different. One was a sales job and one was to help somebody create another uh, specialty grocery store kind of uptown. And it was great. And, you know, I could pick myself and I was going to go – my wife and I was going to Europe. You know, we were we had all these plans, and um, I knew Brooke was starting something with the St. Pete uh, meet, and I so I sent her an email, and you know, basically it was just a thank you for all the work you've done. I'm selling my shop. You know, it was great working with you. I hear you're doing the St. Pete meet. You know, do you need anybody to help cut some meat or come in during the morning or whatever you need? I got a lot of experience in food. Yada yada yada. You know, just like you know. I'll help you out whenever you need. And she got back and she's like, you know, it's great that you sold, but I'm sorry, it was just an online thing right now. You know, it's we have some nice business, but, you know, it's, we don't really need to hire anybody. It's just very small. But I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just having a problem with the timeline in my head because I thought they actually started St. Pete Meat in the middle of COVID. They well, opened, they opened green stock before COVID. Green stock, But St. Right. Pete Meat was part yeah. of the what David did to adapt. Right, but originally it was online only. Right. Uh, yeah, that's it, correct. Right. It okay. was originally was online only. I right. don't remember exactly when they started. I just right. knew that they were I, I remember seeing it on on Facebook or something like right, that. Right, right, right. Because I would follow Brooke and she would post things. Well, yeah, and we wrote up about it. And as you well. probably wrote up yeah. about it, sure. So I, I reached out and she's like, Well, we don't really need anybody. I'm sorry, you know, it's great. And, you know, thanks for reaching out, but it's very small. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, whatever. I, I mean, don't it, think they knew how big it was gonna take off. I mean, there's no yeah. there was never a butcher shop down no. in St. Pete, not in this generation, you know. And not one with the, that 
kind of quality of meat. Exactly. Sure. And yeah. that, and this kind of just reputation right. of the owners. Sorry, I, and I, she's swirling. So go ahead. So she, um, you know, and that was it. And then I would go through the whole year and I had a couple, you know, part-time jobs, handyman stuff, I paint houses. I was, mm-hmm. You know, I put my, you know, there's an app called Next Door. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I put, hey, hey friends, and my name's Matt. I got a truck and tools if anybody needs anything around Gulfport or South Pasadena. And all these senior citizens just start pouring uh-huh. in. <laughs> so every morning I just get in my car or my, my pickup truck. But I, my wife and I bought this crappy little truck, throw all my tools and rakes and shovels and I would go to like seniors' houses like every other day and I would help dig ditches and I'd go to the dump for them and I would rip stuff out of their house. And, I mean, it was just fun because it just get me out of the house. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, it'd be $60 cash or 50 bucks cash, whatever. But it was nice to help people out. A lot of seniors, it was like 105 degrees outside. They didn't want to go outside. Mm-hmm. So they get, you know, me, idiot boy out there with a shovel <laughs> digging, you know, the sand that weighs a thousand pounds. But, but it was fun. And I was doing some cheese work in Gulfport just for fun. I was making bread dough at an Italian restaurant. And all of a sudden, I get this email from Brooke again. It, you know, And it said, and the title of the subject was the same subject that I sent a year ago about this butcher shop. I'm just like, hmm? You know, and all of a sudden, she's like, hey, man, how's it going? And I hope you're having a good time. I hope you're safe and healthy and all that. So this is what's happening, you know. And she's like, we're going to take over the green stock, and we're actually going to make a brick-and-mortar store for St. Pete Meat and Provisions. And David wants to know if you can come in and talk to him about a position there. And I'm just like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I'm just like, look around my room. I'm like, "Uh, is this real here? I'm like, of course, you know, of course, you know, I'll be there yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, so we set up a time and I go meet David and he tells me what he wants to do. And, you know, because we've known each other a little bit, you know, I've eaten at Ilver Torno and Mm -hmm. he's had some sandwiches at Broken South and we've seen each other maybe on the street once or twice. So we know each other. But we're never friends or, you know, never kind of like business partners or anything like that. You know, and I'm just an employee at St. Pete Me. I'm not the owner. I have right, no right. no ownership stake. I'm just an employee, which is just as fine. And we start talking about what he wants to do. And, you know, not a traditional grocery store, butcher shop, you know, some a little bit more, you know, high end where it's all prime and high choice and, and just, you know, small farms from Florida. And he needed somebody to be the creative part of it, someone who mm-hmm. has chef experience and someone who thinks like a chef and someone who thinks like an owner. Brooke thought of me and and she went back to that email that I sent a whole year ago and it just rolled into that. And I remember going up there for a, an interview and during COVID, you know, just to make matters worse at my house, just to, you know, make my wife a little bit more uncomfortable. I grew my beard down to my shoulders. <laughs> I had hair that looked like, you know, I looked like um, Tom Hanks in, in, um, in Castaway. Castaway. Yeah. Like my brother would have kept going, Wilson, Wilson, you know, because I looked like, I looked terrible, you know, and I didn't shave for seven months and it was just awful. So, I like, so many people did that. But oh, that's yeah. That's hysterical. Yeah. But I didn't groom. You know, I did not groom. At all. I actually was a castaway in Gulfport. You know, I just look terrible. <laughs> and my wife is just like, it's hideous, hideous. You got to get that rid of, get rid of that. I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe. So, you know, and then I go to go to this video, uh, this, this interview, and I got to, you know, tuck my hair into my hat, and I got this giant beard. And I'm like, damn, maybe I should. Because I didn't want to get rid of it just to, for the interview, just in case they were thinking about going another direction. And I've been like, man, I got to get rid of my great, lovely, groovy beard for nothing. <laughs> so I went in there, and, you know, we're talking. And then I, I think I, I met. Erica, his wife, and we were sitting outside, and I'm like tucking my beard into my shirt. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is not good. 
You know, like, all right, so just let you guys know, I'm, I will shave this once I start working, you know. So, you know, everything is back to normal, but it, it was just kind of funny. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, well then. <laughs> Your wife has to be so grateful. Oh, yes. <laughs> It, and my mother, yeah. Oh, and my yeah. mother is actually my mother's a hairdresser, so she's the oh one. Oh my god! Every day she's like, "Would you please just let me cut that? Please, please let me cut that." So the day I did, she's like, "Really, really?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, cut the hair, let's do everything." So I cut the beard and the hair, and I, and everybody's just like, "Ah, oh, you look, you look like you again." Yes. I'm like, "Yeah, but I kind of like the way it was before, but yeah." Yeah, you're like in disguise. That, yeah. Oh, I look like you know, like a wild man. I should have just worn like a loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> Dragging bones around in a sack or something like that. You know? <laughs> so, so we have you, Matt, from Brooklyn, and we all ha- we also have Joey from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but to me, it just feels right having two guys from New York running. A oh, so two Italian. Joey's the other butcher. Yeah, yeah Italian. two Italian butchers in St. Yeah. Petersburg. Yeah. is great. What's Joey's last name? Bruno. Bruno. Yeah, and it's fitting. We, <laughs> we're, we're telling you about the time. Um, I mean, I think everybody that listens to this podcast uh, knows that St. Pete Meat and Provisions is one of the sponsors of this podcast, but we also love their stuff. So we buy a lot of stuff from there, and we also have a little bit of a trade where we get mm-hmm. a donation of food to talk about it yeah. on the show. That's part of the deal. And Yeah, it's a great deal. I mean, uh, everybody should hear about what we do, and right. you can't yeah. just take someone's word for it. You have to, you know, you guys right. actually take the product home, you cook it, you eat it, and you talk about it, and you share your knowledge. Yeah, yep. and we're going to get into some of the details on this food. It's That's amazing. But I also wanted to mention, the first time I go in to pick up something that Erica <laughs> authorized, like, these guys can have this because they're going to do a, a segment on it. Joey doesn't know about this, and Erica forgot to tell him. And you weren't there. And you weren't there. <laughs> that's right. I go in one afternoon, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm picking this up here. And he's looking at me like, are you going to pay for this or what? And I'm like, no, no, no. It's, it, we're, St. Pete Foodies, it's a trade. Erica Erica said it's okay. He's like, yo, does Erica know about this? <laughs> I'm going to call her. <laughs> <laughs> then he like, said that all afternoon. I was hearing Joey's accent all afternoon. Yeah. It's a shame that that accent is actually disappearing. You know, there's. I lived in New York for a long time, and there's a lot of new people moving to New York. And, you know, it's just... That accent is just a lot of accents in, in the United States, you know, which are mel- makes melding together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's that's the cultural beauty of the United States. It's like you can sit in a room and you can tell who's from Georgia, who's from Long Island, right. who's from Texas, you know, and it's like and you, who's from Iowa or Minnesota and Minnesota. Oh, get your Tupperware out, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. you could tell. And now a lot of those things are kind of going away, you know, with our where our grandparents are. You know, they're dying with our grandparents. Well, I, I grew up here in Clearwater, but my best friend was from Kenosha. Kenosha. And so in mm. high school, I, t- I was around her family a lot. So everyone I would meet, wow, are you from the north? Are you from like Midwest, like Wisconsin area? And I'm like, nope, I'm not. I'm from Clearwater. Because there's no southern, like this area is such a melting pot that right. I never had a southern accent. Of course. Really. But my mom is from Georgia. So mm. yeah, I can throw that in there yeah. sometimes. I lived in Atlanta for 10 years and I fought it for five. And then the second five, I was just saying, y'all fixing it. <laughs> I was like, hell with it. I mean, I, like, if you can't beat them, join them, you know. And but it was great, you know, and everybody was just real laid back and yeah. talking like this. And, yeah. No, I'm sorry, we only we don't open till 11 o'clock. I'm like, <laughs> 11 o'clock. Come on, it's eight thirty. Open, you know? <laughs> right? You know, pushy New Yorker. You yeah. know, yeah. So St. Pete meat, we've talked about a lot on mm-hmm. on the show on different uh, episodes. But just to be clear, while we have Matt here, we're going to get into uh, some of the stuff we may have said before. But 
one of the things that I really like, it's great quality. Everything we've ever made from there is like the best we ever had. So like, for example, some of the things that we've made are the St. Louis style ribs. Mm. They were the best St. Louis style ribs we ever had. Now, apply that statement to all of this. Australian Wagyu skirt steak. That's probably the best steak I've ever had. I mean, over and above ribeye, and I have never said that. It's absolutely it's fantastic. fantastic. And the marbling is ridiculous. When yeah. we and take it's so out. easy to cook. I mean, oh, it's yeah. just fantastic. The spicy Italian sausage, not only does it taste amazing, it's actually spicy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate it when somebody, something's labeled spicy, and I'm like, okay, who's this spicy to, a baby? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's actually, that, the Italian sa- sausage is actually a combo, so we make a hot, sweet Italian sausage. Oh, cool. People are like, is this hot or sweet? I was like, yes. <laughs> so I, I mix a lot of toasted fennel seed in with the chili flakes and a lot of garlic, and it's just, oh, man, it's yeah, they're just awesome. so great. The, we've also done the Korean, we've done the flank steak, Korean barbecue mm. style. Cause I asked David, mm-hmm. how should we do this? He said Korean barbecue. The so. Flankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. We great. did baked boneless chicken thighs, Colorado rack of lamb. Holy oh my heck. God. Was it good? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. And what I was saying is on another conversation is, okay, so I cooked it. So I'll take some credit, but I've cooked mm-hmm. rack of lamb before and it wasn't this good. Colorado lamb is the best. Yeah. I mean, it's just really the, the greatest so quality, great. and it's just so great. And you made uh, some Moroccan meatballs, Matt. Mm-hmm. I got got those, yes, and I did, did them with a pearl couscous and some little cherry tomatoes in there. And Bajan sausage. I the made, Bajan sausage. Bajan. Is, yeah, it's a Caribbean seed. Bajan is basically the word you call someone from Barbados. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bajan. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like of or from Barbados. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it was just really good. It was like a mild curry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a little bit of spice to it. It was a little earthier, and we loved it. You know, we yeah. really loved it. And it was just that was my first like trial sausage, rather than making what they had there. You know, like the chorizos and the Italian mm-hmm. sausage. And I made breakfast sausage, and then the bejan, and I was like, "Whoa, this is pretty good." Yeah. And speaking of sausage, uh, thank you for your gift that you brought over the Greek sausage that you just made. Just made this morning. And how do you say it again? Uh, Loka Nico. Lucanico. Lucanico. It's a yeah. It's a lamb and pork sausage made with fennel seed and orange zest, and coriander, yeah. and a little coriander. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm making that tonight. I think you forgot the pig, the pork that we made. Did you have that on the list? Remember when David cut down, broke down the the pig, and he saved us that pork belly and pork uh, pork porterhouse. That's what we did. The pork porterhouse. Yeah. Oh right. That we was cut them so ourselves. good. Yeah, and the that. fact that he had broken it down, and it was just the neatest thing. Yeah, we get that was all delicious. those pork. All of our chicken and pork come from Oliver Farms. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. in Dover, Florida. Yeah, that's important to know. And that's the next point I was going to make is that you guys source uh, responsibly raised animals from local mm-hmm. and regional farms, and you specialize in whole animal butchery. So there's a wide variety of cuts and. You dry age in house. You mentioned that, mm-hmm. but the thing is, I don't know if probably our listeners mostly know the difference between factory farming, which is where most of the stuff comes from mm-hmm. in the U.S. in the stores, yeah, mass markets. This stuff. is a farm like what was in our our storybooks when we were little kids. There's like a farmer, and there's yeah. like animals roaming around. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like not, Charlotte's Web. Yeah. So does the bacon come from all of our farms too? It does not. Okay. It is not. We what? get we get the the half hogs in from Oliver Farms. We break down the belly, mm-hmm. and we're make we keep 
pork belly mm-hmm. on list. So, you know, people mm-hmm. like pork belly, but they also make pancetta. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. We're going to sell the pancetta. We're making pancetta actually for Il Retorno. Mm-hmm. And we're doing Lomo and we get in the whole, when we get the loin, I separate the loin. And then with the tenderloin still attached, we cut those pork border houses. Nice. We just got a bandsaw. So, Ooh. you know. I still have all 10 right here. <laughs> and um, it was a little close call the other day, but I still have all 10 fingers. And uh, so we get to ch- cut like beef short loins. So we got beef porterhouses and pork porterhouses. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know. That's and, awesome. and the beef, the quality is just amazing. When you see yeah. the loins or you see the primals come in, we break it down. And you look at this marbling. Whether it, even the grain-fed cows, the marbling is just spectacular. And the grass-fed uh, grain is just—it's really incredible. Such a difference, mm-hmm. such a difference. Oh, like, yeah. we're really excited about the the beef that we're getting in. So we get a lot of uh, local beef from Florida cattle ranchers in Fort McCoy, which is out and around Ocala area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, their companies, the Florida cattle ranchers and Fort McCoy, are basically the same company. Fort McCoy specializes in the grass-fed, and uh, nice. the car- cattle ranchers specialize in the grain. And apparently, they own more land in Florida than Disney. Oh, wow. Which, which is really That's cool. Impressive. It's impressive, but it's also very important when yeah. you think about the quality of the beef Correct. and the quality of the cow's lives and, and the space that they have to roam free anywhere the, down the spine of Florida. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be working with a company called Providence Cattle Company, which is down mm-hmm. in uh, Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be selling, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, bringing us our whole cows. Wow. Whole cows. That's awesome. So we'll get you the teeth if you want them. <laughs> and um, they're gonna they're starting us a program. So we're gonna go down there and check out the farm, uh, see the animals, and see the processing facilities. And then when they bring it up, they're gonna train us for a while to how to to break it all down. Break it down. Excuse me. Break it down. Get as much out of it as we could possibly do. No waste. No waste, of course. Uh, and then how to maintain it in the case. Mm-hmm. How to maintain it in your in your cooler because. Like said, David's got just a wealth of knowledge. He's been, you know, one of the best chefs in the country. I've got almost thirty years of experience. Joey Bruno is fifteen years experience, but to have the actual ranchers and the people yeah. come up and tell you how to do this, it's good. So it's awesome! Cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, David was telling us when we were over for the uh, watch party for the uh, Eat Bobby Flay, and David did. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, he That's was telling awesome. he was telling us after the party was that yeah we're gonna we're working on getting our own cows in here. And I asked if we could come in and watch the breakdown and take photos and video. And then after I sobered up, I realized we'll probably have protesters at the front door if we published that. <laughs> Don't wear your furs. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that too, right. Exactly. So, and also you guys have, so just about any kind of meat, there are also farm fresh eggs, both chicken and duck eggs. And quail. And oh, quail. right. And quail, and quail too. Quail. Yep. There's dressings. There's fresh pasta. Like when we came and got the... Spicy Italian sausage, we picked up fresh made pasta from Il Retorno. That's right. So we also have, which is funny enough, is um just started about a week ago. We have a freezer program, frozen program. Ooh. So we have rabbit. Of course, Ooh. of course I want to call it wabbit. <laughs> I want to put on a sign we have wabbits. So we have rabbit, we have elk, we have alligator. Oh wow. Oh, cool. Actually we have alligator from Florida. That is wild. Oh no way. We have a so company. So you treat that differently then. It's going to be. So you um, freeze it. It's completely frozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I made alligator stir fry in my house mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. That was pretty cool. So this company um, have a bunch of rogue alligators on their property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't really know hunting. I'm not a hunter. So I don't really know if there's seasons 
or any kind of any you know any regulations in, in alligator hunting. But apparently there's not, and so we have these wild alligator, this this tail meat, which is really good. Yeah, it's really good, and it's listeners do me a favor. Nobody fact check that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that, and then we have a, our seafood. <clears throat> People are asking if alligator is considered seafood. I'm like, oh, it's a reptile. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> but we have good. lobster tails. We have these beautiful lobster oh, tails. Wow. We have Hawaiian tuna poke that's actually shipped in from Hawaii. Wow. Uh, it's just beautiful color tuna. We have Florida Key West shrimp. Nice. We have elk rack. Wow. We have a rib rack of elk. And the interesting is it's from New Zealand, which is great. As I, mean, I tell people, if you've ever seen Lord of the Rings, like they filmed it in New Zealand, yeah. this is where the elk is from. Yeah. You know, it's magic elk. Wow. And, you know, and there's like hobbit elk. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool because I did some research on it and there, it's a certain breed of elk. Is uh, it's a cross between the native elk of New Zealand, but it's also it's crossed with a Native American deer, wapiti. I don't know, if, like mm-hmm. in in old history books in America, W A P I T I wapiti mm-hmm. is a, is a Native American tribe, and mm-hmm. um, there's also deer named after that tribe. And this elk that we get is crossed with this North American deer, which is pretty cool. You know, it's not just. This, this New Zealand deer, it actually has some Native American roots to it. And it's the color is beautiful. The flavor is great. You know, you don't want to go over medium rare with this. You want to keep it mm-hmm. pretty rare. And it's just so cool to have elk rack, you know. Yeah. And, like, we're, we keep it in the freezer. We're like, yeah, whatever. I've sold four of them already. It's just like, really? You know, they're a little pricey. But, you know, that's one of my next go-to things. And, like, if we have a couple friends over mm-hmm. and my wife is like, don't buy the elk. Don't. It's too expensive. I'm like, it's not expensive. You get what you pay for again. It's great, high quality. And you know what? Yeah. I'm buying the elk. Yeah. <laughs> so, Everything's expensive right now anyways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not really because of, of the retailers. Right. It's, it's not a- our fault. It's not your fault. It's There's just a lack of processing. There's a lack mm-hmm. of people to do the processing. There's yes. a lack of the middlemen. You know, in this country, all the, our small business, excuse me, small business enterprising spirit is just cut out the middleman. Well, it's the middleman that makes these things happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the invisible middleman that yeah. makes things happen that that we don't think of. And then when they're not there. So the website is stpetemeat.com. And I have one question before we go. So you, I'm just mentioning the website. Real I can quick stay here now. for another hour or two <laughs> if you want. <laughs> so our next segment, after we're done here, we are going to make something from St. Pete Meat. And Excellent. we don't know what it is. So why don't you tell us what we should make? Oh, you don't know what it is yet? Okay. No. Other than the elk? We're going to let you pick what we make this <laughs> Other week. than the elk? Um, I think he wants us to make the elk. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, let me see. So we have these fantastic cuts, these ribeyes, and I'm a New York strip kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And we have these prime New York strips that are really wonderful. But the side cuts, the, the smaller cuts that people don't know are fantastic. We have these tri-tip steaks, mm-hmm. and the marbling is just fantastic. It's got so much beefy flavor. When I was in culinary school... That's all they gave us mm-hmm. with these tri-tips, you know, because it's a relatively inexpensive cut. But it's so much flavor. It's very versatile. We got these hanger steaks in. That's what I recommend. A hanger steak, the skirt steaks, and the tri-tips are those three small cuts that people don't really know too much about. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to call them the butcher cuts because only the butchers took them home because nobody right. wanted them because they look like scrap meat. They have so, there's so much flavor. There's so much good fat. 
and the marbling is fantastic. So I would definitely recommend you get the hanger. Do the hanger. Or the tri-tip. Or the tri-tip, yeah. Okay. And there's recipes out there online and, you know. Would you recommend sous vide? We do a lot of sous vide. Would you recommend doing that with a a hanger or tri-tip? Maybe with the tri-tip. Personally, I think the hanger deserves a grill. Okay. That's just the charring. We, we don't have a grill, so. Oh, yet. you don't have a grill? No. Not yet. Not yet. We're working you on it. You don't have a yard. I do now. Oh, you do? Okay. But we haven't bought the grill yet. I'm still trying to get everything moved in. Actually, <laughs> I just sous vide chicken wings. I, I do a dry rub on chicken wings because we get these whole birds from Oliver Farms and we break them down. And then I have all these wings. I'm not going to do with these wings. So I dry rub them and we actually sous vide the wings, which is really pretty cool. I bet cool. they were amazing. Which is, you know, just that just goes with, you know, Chef David. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. the creativity is like, you know. Sometimes I feel like I'm annoying him when I come up with these ideas. He's like, "Just do what you want, man." Yeah, you know. <laughs> and we do what we want, and it comes out great. You know, everybody, every artist, every chef, every mechanic, everybody does something. They're always going to have some sort of flop every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. But you know, when the creativity is there, and you have the opportunity to do whatever you want, and you have this fantastic quality, and all the resources behind you. Man, it's it's just a it's a beautiful yeah, thing. It's, awesome. it's the perfect thing. It's awesome. It's I'm just awesome. so happy where I landed, and, and you know, it's like we're I'm, happy for you, and we're gonna happy to, for them. They're gonna have to drag me away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. Matt Bonanno, thank you so yes, much. Yes, thank you so much, guys. Thank you very much for calling me again. I'll do. I'll be back next week, <laughs> <laughs> and we will be right back after this word from our sponsors with what we made and how it came out. St. Pete is all about local, and this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oats Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oats has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable prices possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' Oats has a cafe, Open Daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North, and in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. Hey, Lori, have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly pimento cheese and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh, yeah, I love that one, too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good, too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms, and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for their fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. 
Speaking of lists, Noble Crest made six of them recently. Best Italian, Best Casual Dining, Best Pizza, Best Bloody Marys, Best Meatballs, and believe it or not, Best Salads. Ooh, can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The spaghetti and meatballs. It's oh, so good. Man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 10.30, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it. This is the St. Pete Meat Mega Show. Woohoo! So Matt said to choose between a hanger steak or a tri-tip. I read up on both and I chose hanger because I found better instructions for pan searing it. And we'll do tri-tip when we get our new grill next month. So we got the hanger steak from St. Pete Meat and Provisions. It was a flavor bomb and a perfect example of simpler is better. Right. We had Noah, your son, over for dinner Saturday night. And we all love steaks, so we got three steaks. And I did the hanger steak challenge, which is not some made up thing. It's actually an inherent challenge because it's a thin steak. And if you want it rare to mid rare and you still want to get a good char, those two things combined on a thin cut are easy to mess up. Right. I decided to get the pan to 500 degrees. I used the nifty laser thingy mm-hmm. that uh, was uh, measuring. Aaron Brown, was he the guy? Or Alton Brown. Alton mm-hmm. Brown. He had a show where he convinced us to get that. So then I hit each side for roughly about a minute and 10 seconds. You know, I counted my head a little bit, but then I also went by feel, keeping some pieces in more or less time. I also lowered the heat from high to medium low after they went in, as Mm -hmm. cast iron not only holds the heat, but it continues to get hotter. Right. Another part of simpler is better is that we... Oh, we salted them prior for kind of dry aged them in the refrigerator for 24 hours. That's... Right. Even, even though they dry age their stuff right. anyway, it's just a habit. That's what we do. Yes. We learned from Samin right. Nosrat from right. Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Mm-hmm. And then we also took them out an hour and 15 minutes before to come to temperature. Right. For that hot and fast sear. We did. And we accompanied them with roasted baby Dutch yellow potatoes mixed with uh, extra virgin olive oil, dried turmeric powder, dried rosemary powder, and crushed red pepper. Oh, it and salt. spicy, man. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, what happened is, now I'm telling you now for the first time, because <laughs> you're standing like over my shoulder on the other side doing your stuff, getting the veggies ready. And I open up the turmeric powder and I thought it was one with like holes in the top, but oh, there's no. it was just the one big hole. So I dumped a ton of it in there and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, I got to get this thing on the pan before she sees it. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> but what happened is I got lucky. It still had a lot of turmeric, but a lot of it got left off anyway, just by mis- by lucky accident. When I started, I have them in a plastic bag. That's, that's easier for me than tossing them in a bowl because I can mm-hmm. really get them coated good. It was a big clump of stuff on top. So when I kind of like turned the bag around, it fell down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so it was like the potatoes were sitting on the pile of turmeric so I could get most of them out without a ton of it on there even though the pan was yellow afterwards wasting my turmeric yeah and you did a nice medley of tricolor bell peppers and shiitake mushrooms it was delicious and we topped it with some fresh cut chives mm-hmm. yeah we did another great meal from st pete meat yes and they are located at 449 central avenue in downtown st pete and the hours are seven days a week which we love 
mm-hmm. 10.30 in the morning to 7 p.m. And the website is stpetemeat.com. And you can order some stuff in advance and they'll have it ready for you if you, if you want. Yeah. Or, or just go in and peruse. And, you know, I usually, sometimes, half the time I have a plan, half the time I don't. And almost every time I also impulse buy too. And we forgot to mention the bacon. We love their bacon. Oh yeah, we did have the bacon. We did a comparison with the Oscar Mayer bacon. Uh, guess what? No comparison. Right, exactly. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Chris Walker. And you're listening to New on the website, we have the newly updated 10 best shrimp and grits in St. Pete and the surrounding area. There's some from downtown St. Pete. There's a North St. Pete, a St. Pete Beach, and even one from Treasure Island. You'll find that and more at stpetersburgfoodies.com. Next week on the show, our guest is Bill Brown from William Dean Chocolates. If you want to get in touch, drop us an email at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Matt Bonanno. And thanks to our sponsors. St. Pete Meat and Provisions. Trophy Fish. Dats. Rolling Oats. The Zest Podcast. Noble Crust. Booyah Ramen. And and Engine engine Number number nine. 9. Our announcer is Candace Aviles from Meet the Chef. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Oh, you're not in the mood for steak? Huh? You know how many times I have to drive that bus back and forth each day so this family can eat steak once a week? Seven. Who told you that? Nobody, I can't.